This is exclusive coverage of the 2018 Steelers training camp. Presented by Bud Light, Famous Among Friends, and Spring Hill Suites Latrobe, where you can expect a legendary experience. And also brought to you by Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine and LECOM at Seton Hill and Excella Health. How can we help you today? Second and 10 at the Titans 41. Here's the snap. Offside. He's back. Free play. Throws a pass down the field. And in the end zone, it's caught. And a leaping grab for the touch. Antonio Brown pulls it in. The 41 out with a free play. The Steelers strike Peter. Woken Thomas, since uh, you are a man of political correctness and great moral compassing, uh, is that a lie? Like when we bounced back from commercial there, when we called this exclusive coverage from Steelers training camp, I'm like, Wes and I, are we the only two people out here covering Steelers training camp? I feel like that's a lie. Are we lying there? No, Tim, that is not a lie. This is the only training camp coverage happening in Pittsburgh. You two right now. Right now, right here, the two of us sitting, it's just us and the fans is what you're saying. Exactly. The fans who can actually see the field as opposed to us who are in a parking lot closer to the Porter Johns than any drills that they're running right now. Oh, how's the action at the Porter Johns? Well, slower now that Crowley's gone. Oh. Was it, so what happened? He, he drank the chocolate milk and that's what made him sick? Yeah, a couple chocolate milks and a, uh, a cheeseburger from the cafeteria, I think. But I had a cheeseburger as well, so that couldn't have been it. All right, so we're trying to eliminate variables because, uh, Tom, I had the exact same problem that, that Crowley did. I, I almost didn't make it out to the show today. Did you have any chocolate milk? I did not have chocolate milk, and I didn't uh, have a burger, but I did eat it at the cafeteria, and I think it's under new cafeteria management than in recent years. I think like there's new people running the food, so I don't know. I, I might have some catching up to do with my immune system or whatever. I don't know. I might have to adjust here. Yeah, it's like when you go to another country, you, you yes. have to adjust to the new food because your and, stomach's and not frankly, used to it. frankly, you're exactly right. Frankly, coming to Westmoreland County is like coming to another country <laughs> for me. I, I don't get off of Liberty Avenue now that I live downtown. Like, I, I go to Shady Side anymore, and I feel like I need a passport. Oh, man. Like, that's how far... You know, I'm missing you here today. It's a very nice day. It's windy. It's a little windy. But it's sunny. It's warm. Why don't the good people of Steelers Training Camp get to see Shirtless Tom shirtless? You know, that's a good question. Uh, I kind of You do... were not Shirtless Tom when you made your debut here last year, correct? I was not Shirtless Tom. No, I, I didn't pop the shirt off until this summer. It, like, it just got way too hot out this summer. It was pretty hot last year, especially here. Yeah, I kind of came on late, too. I wasn't really. I was a rookie back then, so they didn't really let me do much. And uh, uh, they kept me away from training camp. They didn't want me to screw up. And the cheese teas. Exactly, yeah. You know, there. did you see my photo that I tweeted out last night of the pot of gold over the closed-down Kmart? Did I you did, to catch I that? I did see that right above the store closing sign. Exactly. This is fantastic. I don't think enough people picked up on the beauty of that shot the way I framed it. I think that was an underrated tweet, in my opinion. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I, I, I thought it was going to blow up and go viral, maybe. Well, where were you? Like, I would figure a shirtless Tom would be at the other end of the rainbow. That's better than any pot of gold. The pot of gold, yeah. Now, would you come in a helicopter? I would come in a helicopter, but you see where I think A.B. went wrong? He needed to skydive in from out of the helicopter. It's nothing to just Absolutely land not, on the field. Because you know what would have happened. ACL, Achilles, broken foot, broken shin, something like that. Oh, you there's, can't play scared, Tim. There's, <laughs> can't live in our fears, exactly. Mike Tomlin. <laughs> there's no way a Steeler does that without it ending cataclysmically. Would you agree with the way things have gone around here? That's a good point, yeah. Especially like the the Penguins have a much greater record of horrific injuries, but you know, think of the guys we just talked about already that have been banged up injury wise, like too much, like Stefan Tuitt and Joe Hayden and 
Le'Veon Bell and you know, even AB had a rare injury uh, issue last year. Like he had a problem with injury in, in that early on in that Patriots game. So there's no way he skydives in and that goes cleanly. At least the helicopter landed cleanly. Even the blimp. Some people have said bring a blimp in. He brings a blimp in. It's the Hindenburg. You know that's going to happen. You saw what the skies looked like yesterday. What if that rolls in two hours earlier? Seriously. Then what? He's out for the entire year. You're he's out for the exactly entire year. You're exactly right. He's, and, and who do we follow on Instagram anymore? Eli Rogers? No. I mean, that just doesn't doesn't do the same thing. Okay, and, and Wes, you would agree with this, right? You would agree with my premise, my general premise. No, I don't care that he showed up in a helicopter. Like, people are saying yesterday, why are you begging on AB? Uh, Brick Kiesel showed up in a backhoe. You're a racist. Uh, Kiesel's got rings. Uh, how come AB? Well, what's the difference? Well, number one, AB doesn't have the rings, but th that's irrelevant. I don't care. Like, I wouldn't have cared if Kiesel had the rings or not. It's got nothing to do with race. It's got nothing to do with ring expectation. It's just, it looks so stupid for him to do that after he admonished everybody for paying him too much attention. Uh, this team went through so many distractions last year, both real and stupid, that it didn't even register with me last night. It was just like, oh, cool, AB showed up on a helicopter. Because they've been through so much in the past 12 months that like, that was like a pimple on the radar, if that. that, that that's a big nothing. pimple if it's on the radar. <laughs> that's quite the mixed metaphor. I've done that. That's a Heinz Ward-esque mixed metaphor right there by you. Speaking yes. of which, there was a lady who just walked by. Steelers tattoos all over her body. Shazier's face, Heinz Ward's face, Jack Lambert's face. Yeah, uh, there's a guy here, and I missed him. He's always here day one. He's going to wonder where I am. But he has his whole body is a Steeler tattoo. In fact, I think Steeler Wire found him and put it out there. And then I blogged about it, and he found me or, or something like that. But... We actually put it out there online at the uh, Breakfast of the Ben site. And uh, he sees me every year. And I, I, I thought I was going to wind up on his body somewhere. I, th I figure after doing this now for what's coming on like 17 years, I deserve at least an armpit. Don't you? There, there's nothing that brings out the bad tattoos like a, a public, free public event like this. Like, put me somewhere on his body between Delton Hall and Alonzo Jackson. That's all I ask. What area of the body would the Doesn't 10 Ben's matter. tattoo go, though? Yeah, wherever your your radar pimple is. On the back of his <laughs> neck? On his heel? Where no one ever sees it? Lower I, I down just, the back? I just want to be like, we're actually, there's a big tattoo discussion earlier today for whatever reason in the uh, media room, and we're talking about tattoos, and some guy was very proud that his daughter got through all of high school without a tattoo, and I said, she should go to college and get a tattoo that just says no tattoos. <laughs> And just like like let irony be your guide. Or just that dad. Going on, I know? made it through high school with no tattoos. That's right. Every guys always do mom. The girls should start doing dad. That should become a thing. But no, seriously, like the, the A B thing. I don't care that he showed up in a helicopter. And I saw all the comments. Uh, I, I wrote about it today in Breakfast with Ben's, and, and I put it up uh, in our You Mad Bro. People reacting. Some people reacting to me like I was taking shots and for saying what I did. Again, it's fine that he showed up at a chopper. Uh, you know, even people going, well, this is why he's going to be broke in five years. Oh, fine, let him be broke. Again, I don't care if he wants to spend the money, money on a chopper. His kids saw it as a fun ride. Okay, it's something rich people do with their kids. Fine. The only issue that I've got is, and this dates back to why I wrote a column about him in the first place, this is the same dude who five weeks ago was saying that we were following him too much. 
that he couldn't go to a practice field in Florida and practice without people showing up and asking for autographs. Well, why? Because you Instagrammed where you were going to be. You know, every headline Antonio Brown has ever had about himself has been created about himself, aside from his play, good or bad. I'll even throw the helicopter into the good category. Like I said, he comes off the helicopter and somebody asks, why a helicopter? Is there any meaning to it? Of course, he gives us this stone-faced reaction like there's supposed to be a meaning behind it. Uh, no. Okay, fine. So there's no meaning behind it. He goes, I did it for you guys. Fine. Great. We appreciate it. Gave us something to talk about. So I have no ill will or no criticism of him showing up in the chopper, aside from the fact that if you're trying to downplay, if you are trying to underscore that you don't want to be so much of a focus of attention, then show up in a car. You know, and, and not a car driven by... <laughs> A, you know, a Rolls Royce with a guy with white gloves like last year. Show up in a Prius. And, and when he went on that, that tangent a few months ago, wasn't part of that about how he's just there's too much attention on him? People don't I'm leave tired, me alone. I'm tired of waking up to Google alerts. Yes. Week. He's his own Google alert. But he flies in on a helicopter. But he flies in on a chopper. Like that, That's the only complaint that I have. Been hypocritical. I, I, I don't care that he did it. It was fun. When I, I was caught... I can't remember what year it was. I guess it was probably 2008. I think it was after they won the Super Bowl in 2008. Um, I was caught in the great Mini Cooper race of Route 30, as you might remember. 47 different rules violations occurred. And I, I was pulling up the traffic lights all around these guys. It was Cologne. It was Starks. All these 300-pound, 6'5 guys crammed into the Mini Cooper race to come up here. Uh, some of the things they did was illegal. There's nothing that AB did. I don't think there's anything that he did that was illegal. I imagine he had the flight clearance. I don't know. But, you know, I didn't have a problem with that even. Like, these guys showing up for fun in these different ways, you're not going to get any criticism from me. You are going to get criticized about the message of, I had an Instagram meltdown, you guys paid attention to it, and now I'm mad at you, and then showing up in a chopper. That's the only complaint. And that's different. That's totally different. Do as I say, not as I do. 412-922-2874. At least it steered the discussion away a little bit from Le'Veon Bell. And we might get into this in a little bit, too, in the 6 o'clock hour. We've got uh, lots more to get to with Vance McDonald, and we're going to hear from David DeCastro, too. We're going to get into the anthem debate and the anthem controversy, that flap as well. But, um, you know, the, the Le'Veon Bell discussion sort of went under the radar for a day, and it was buried when he, when he did do something dumb, and that was boast about his EP. And when I say he's tone deaf, I'm not just talking about how his music sounds. This guy has no idea... Why what he says is interpreted the way he... Like, when when he puts himself out there as a target, when he calls himself Target, like he did in that one song, or he's surprised that people are complaining that he raps about getting $15 million, when he puts out the EP thing, like, yesterday that was so bold, that was so obvious, to me, that's trolling. That's beyond I don't get it. That was intentional. That was, hey, look at me. I'm going to talk about my rap music while I'm not going to camp, right? Yeah, like, and, and you have to think that's going to continue all season because you saw spurts of it last year, especially at the end of the year, talking about not showing up. You have to think that that's just – he knows this is his last year with the Steelers, right? Uh, you have to think that's going to continue all season. Yeah, I think he's going to be more bold about it. I think he's going to be more open about it, but – you know, yesterday, if it weren't for A.B. in the helicopter, you know, Vince Williams doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. Uh, I know what he was going for, but when you do it eight seconds after the chopper takes off and goes back to Pine Richland High School, let's face it, you're not going to be the lead. 
And as Mark Madden tweeted, it would have come across better if it was a better player that did it. Yeah. I, I don't know what championship belt Vince Williams thinks that he has had before, but it certainly ain't any sort of NFL or AFC championship. You know, and as one of the inside linebackers who's trying to take on the Shazier task, or the task of replacing Ryan Shazier, you got to be careful about putting yourself out there. Again, I know it was fun. I know he was putting on a character, but you might need a little bit more cachet before you try to pull that off. 412-922-2874. When we come back, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I do want to hear from David DeCastro. Uh, we'll do that next. I want to get into the anthem thing because he discusses that somewhat. The anthem thing is bigger than just the NFL, and I'll tell you why. Uh, also, there's news about Jimmy Garoppolo. That kind of ties into this, believe it or not. We'll get to that next. Tim Benson for Adam Crowley. The Adam Crowley Show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. And the iHeartRadio app. Trailing by seven. Play action pick. Little screen right. That's tight end. Pants McDonald. Turn it up with the first down and more. 35 40. 45. Tackle at the 47. Needed four. Got 22. Church ended the play way down the field. Can hear from Vance McDonald a little bit, little bit. Tim Benz here uh, right now with you and for Adam Crowley. We're at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Thanks for finding us today. Uh, it is day one of Steelers training camp. Uh, their training camp wrapping up for the day uh, here at St. Vincent without any thunderstorms or lightning after what we saw last night. So I consider that a big victory. Uh, let's hear from David DeCastro before we get to Vance McDonald, though, because DeCastro talks about a number of different topics. At the end of this interview, he gets into the anthem policy thing a little bit, and there, there are some things that need to come up about that in discussion, too. Um, I'm going to have some thoughts for you there in a second. But first, listen to DeCastro about a number of different issues, some of which involve Lev Bell, the offense in general. Here's DeCastro on the uh, Crowley Show. As far as you guys along the offensive line, it seems to be the most stable, coordinated group that we've seen. Uh, with the Steelers for a long time and maybe on this team. How much can you guys be leaned on in that regard to be a consistent, stabilizing force for the club? Uh, as much as, as much we need to be, as much as we can. I think we, uh, we're all pretty veteran guys now. Like you said, have been around together for a long time. We just try to continue to get better. You know, Munch is never going to let us rest on our laurels, so it's one of those things where we enjoy enjoy the challenge. Of, of, if, if it comes to that being, being put on us, and uh, we take pride in it. You have to, as no line. I know a lot of people have been concerned on your guys' behalf. I don't know if you guys share the concern or not, but concern on your guys' behalf with Le'Veon being out for training camp in all likelihood again. What's it going to be like for you guys to block for very different running backs and then readjust back for Lev when he comes back to start the regular season? I think people make a bigger deal out of it than uh, than it is. I think, you know, we're getting, we're getting in shape here. That's the key thing. And uh, as long as Le'Veon's getting in shape wherever he is, which I'm sure he is, you know, it's a big year for him if... Uh, yeah, you know, he's got free agency or what next year, so you know, you know he'll be ready, and uh, we just got to do our part and get ready as well. If you noticed a difference between him and what you used to seeing from him in the first three games before he got it going last year, what was it? Well, I'm not sure. I didn't really, didn't really bring too much into last year. I know we just kind of started slow as, as a team, um, so anything we can do to avoid that, I don't know. I don't know what the magic secret is, but just trying to make sure we're in shape and ready to go. How about the offense's job as the defense adjusts to having uh, some changes, what with a lot of new safeties and things of that nature? You guys might have to score a lot of points to win games, particularly early. How prepared are you to do that coming out of the shoots? Yeah, it's a team sport, you know. We always say whoever has the most points at the end of the day, whether it's 40-39 or 
1817. It doesn't matter to us. We just want to win. So as long as we play complimentary football, which I think we did pretty well last year, you know, we uh, both both sides of the ball picked each other up when uh, maybe the other side wasn't having such a great day, and and that's the key is. Uh, we don't play like that, but if it's got, to, if we got to do, it, we got to do. It. We, got, we expect to score a lot of points. Does that sort of date back to that Jacksonville playoff game? Like you guys needed, to, I mean, you didn't get to 46, but yeah. you got to 42. Is, is that sort of what you're alluding to? Oh, just in general, I think we had a lot of close games last year, and um, sometimes the defense picked us up, and sometimes we picked them up. Finally, are you looking forward to maybe a quieter season this year in terms of some of the away from the field stuff. Is that is that possible with this club? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that I think that ship's kind of sailed with the new media day and age. You know, I think everything gets blown out of proportion and has made a bigger deal. And everyone's worried about impressions and making things as big as and important as possible. And uh, I think other than the national anthem last year, I don't really remember much. So it's uh, one of those things where hopefully we can just afford to play playing football. That's all I try to do. And uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Well, what's the likelihood of that going away? The anthem stuff, or is that going to continue for a while? Do you think not just with you guys, but nationally? It looks like it's going to continue. Um, it seems like it's a hot topic and uh, pretty divisive, which is just what this media wants. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, it is what it is. Well, that's the fake media, not the real media. Real media, you might, you know, real media, you mean me anyway, working for a couple of real outlets. I would prefer that it go away. And the NFL anthem policy, it really has to be solved and solved soon, not just for the good of the game, but for the good of the country. Every time the vitriol gets stirred up surrounding the anthem stuff, the league takes another hit from its fans. Not just the Trump supporters who are angered over political reasons, but also more moderate fans who just want to see the controversy go away. Plus, on an individual level, the players are eventually going to get pinched too, uh, in the sense that their brands are going to take a hit. And boy, they seem more and more conscious of that all the time, especially those that love to dabble in the social media self-promotion. I'm looking at you, Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, then there's the country part of this that I talked about before. Every time Donald Trump finds himself backed into a corner, he just redirects the news narrative by dropping a tweet out there about the anthem stuff and takes the spotlight off of his misdealings with Russia or Stormy Daniels or whatever tight squeeze he's gotten himself into. So the NFL and the NFLPA need to reach an agreement on what to do and fast for other reasons besides their own self-interest. Because let's face it, neither side there is in Trump's back pocket. Neither side there benefits the longer he's in control and the longer he has the imagination of their fan base. So don't give him a reason to play off of you and make you an enemy because that's what Trump does better than anybody else. He makes other people into enemies for his own greater good. So don't let that happen anymore by dragging on this anthem policy. All right, now speaking of guys who pay off porn stars, uh, let's get to the Jimmy Garoppolo story because I think he needs to do exactly that and I don't know if Woken Thomas are you back at the other end of the studio there you don't have the Jimmy Garoppolo sound yet do you by any chance okay all right so we'll hold off we'll play the sound for you later but I saw this story while I was away on vacation and then Garoppolo addressed it yesterday but Garoppolo is dating an adult film actress uh, ironically enough one that I have absolutely no recollection of seeing uh, perhaps I have, but I, I just has not come across my consciousness, and that is Kiara Mia. And he was asked about going out with her because it was all over social media. People recognized her. Good for them. Good catch. 
By the way, guys, have you seen her? No, Wes? No? Tom, have you gotten a, gotten a look? A little bit more uh, robust. Yes, uh, enhanced, clearly, on both ends, I would believe, but robust is the best way I would de use to describe her. Uh, looks more like one of Jimmy's fullbacks than his sleek wide receivers with the San Francisco 49ers. But at any rate, I, I'm not going to judge a man for what his type is. His type is his type. And you could tell in the press conference that he just felt so squirmy about it. He just felt so uncomfortable answering the questions. He felt so awkward that he'd be, he had been caught and had no idea that this was going to happen. And I'm wondering how. Now, how did he not know? Look who he played behind. He played behind Tom Brady, who's in the ultimate celebrity marriage with Giselle Bündchen. And that was like the ultimate celebrity coupling, even long before the age of social media, when he was with Bridget Moynihan and then left her for Giselle. Like, so he's, he had to have seen that. He had to know. I mean, he knows about Roethlisberger with Natalie Golbus and with uh, Missy Peregrim. Everybody finds out about this stuff, especially now. I'm, like These examples of getting, they were years ago. Tony Romo and Jessica Simpson. And, and Carrie Underwood. And Carrie, right. There's no way you get away with this. Uh, Danica Patrick and Aaron Rodgers. Everybody, who, if the quarterback is dating someone and they're not a star, they turn into a star. So if you have one who's already a porn star, be ready to know that's going to become a story. Especially, and, didn't they go out in L.A.? Yes. Especially in Southern California where there's TMZ reporters on every and, and, like, when you hear the audio, whenever Tom's able to get the audio turned around, it, it's fantastic because she makes it sound like she had the best first date of her life. Like, you can tell just the way she's talking, I got my ticket out of here. I'm never going to have to do this stuff again. I'm going to be a real actress by this time next year, and Jimmy's going to be my meal ticket. Meanwhile, he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe people found out. Now, he wanted guys to find out. He wanted the offensive line to find out. He wanted the defensive line to find out. He wanted Richard Sherman to find out because Richard Sherman keeps trash-talking and talking about what his tells are. I, I got to tell for you, Sherm. I'll tell you about something. Look what I went out with on a Rodeo Drive last night. He wanted people to know. He just didn't want us to know. He wanted his people to know. He didn't want the rest of us to know. Now that the rest of us know, he's got to answer questions about it. And now it's a thing, right? That's exactly what's going on. And that's why he's kind of acting the way that he is in the press conference. Super squirmish. Yeah. It was like, oh, God, I got caught. But, I mean, like, he got caught with the actual actress. And if you see the press conference, you, you can see it. I've got it. It's from TMZ. I've got it from um, that website on Breakfast with Ben's. And he... He's with the real actress, but he looks like his dad caught him with a na naughty magazine, right? Isn't that the reaction? In that he one has? of those, like, I'm not upset, I'm disappointed yeah. type moments. Jimmy, we're disappointed in you. Like, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch played it off fine. Like, they acted like it was funny, they acted like they didn't care. But the way Garoppolo reacted, he reacted like he was taken in the back room and just chewed out. All right, Tom, we have it? Okay, let's. Who should we play first? How would it be funnier if we, if we play. They're back-to-back. -back. Uh, who's first? Her or him? Garoppolo. Okay. Let's play Garoppolo first, and then you'll hear... And we've got a bleep, right, Tom? You, what do you mean we didn't get to that part? Oh, okay, we cut it before that. Okay, so we're not... We're not I, I know you're woken, but the FCC is not. 
So we have to be careful here. All right, so we're going to play him first. And just notice the tone, the difference in how she reacts versus how he reacted. Go ahead. You know, life is different now. Um, my life uh, off the field, I've never really been big on, you know, uh, being very public with things, you know, even social media. I'm not out there a ton, but, uh, you know, my life's looked at differently. I'm under a microscope, and it's like Kyle said, it is a good learning experience. Uh, just have to take it in stride. I mean, it is what it is. Jimmy and I had an amazing dinner, and he treated me with so much respect and class. And honestly, we're friends. But on that note, let me tell you this much. I've never been a fan of football. I'm officially a fan of football, and I can promise the 49ers that they will make Super Bowl and win because everything I touch turns to gold. Oh, hello! There's nothing in the world more annoying than the TMZ cameraman. The t who, TMZ cameramen wherever. Like, they're everybody's hype man. That's what they are. But did, did you notice what I'm talking about there? Oh, it's like, a, it's like an expectation versus reality meme. Yeah. Like, in real life. It's like, incredible. She thinks that was a real date. Or at least it's becoming a real date. And that like, there's something there. When she says at the end, or at the beginning there, that he treated her with so much class, I, at first I just thought, like, he tipped her well at the end of the night. Because, I mean, like, that's where this came from. Like, one of two things happened here. There's no way this happens accidentally, right? Like, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo was out and he meets her. He's like, hi, pretty girl. Want to go out sometime? He looked her up online. He found out who she was and he tracked her down. Or escort service. There's just, there's no in-between, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one or the I, other. I think it's, it's the first one, but could be the latter. So, you know, that's what I thought she meant when she said that. But as the soundbite goes along... She's in love. She's totally in love. She's smitten. And he's like, oh, no, this is a thing now. Because now it's going to be tracked. Now he's going to be asked. Oh, yeah. Now people are going to wonder where she is. And, and how, how do you think she's going to handle? Like, do you think she's going to handle the cutaways like, you know, Giselle does? Or like Catherine Webb did at the University of Alabama when McCarran was there. Like, she's, like, this is going to be self-promotion for her. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, Jessica Simpson did the one thing where she's stretching out the number nine jersey for Tony Robo. Hey, okay, that's that's fun. She's going to cut the Jimmy Garoppolo well, jersey. Well, she's going to need to. Yeah, she, well, yeah, she's going to bust out of it. She's going to cut the Jimmy Garoppolo jersey so everything. So, like, they're not going to be able to show her on TV. Can you imagine the FIFA representatives with this situation? What would they do? They'd break out They'd in a cold sweat. sending out memos. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Goodell is going to be sending out a memo for the every 49er game. Do not show Jimmy Garoppolo's girlfriend in the stands. You You're must not avoid allowed to do it. Press box 203. Yeah, yeah exactly. And any Swedish soccer fans, fine. Brazilian soccer fans, fine. No Jimmy Garoppolo girlfriend cutaways. It's not allowed. The best part's going to be when we get the story that one of them unfollowed the other one on Instagram. Because yeah. you know that's coming. Well, is that what you do on Instagram? You unfollow? Is that how it works? Yeah, and you see that all the time where all oh, LeBron James unfollowed uh, Gordon Hayward, so he must be out on the Celtics. So we're going to get a who unfollowed who first yeah, story but, at but, some but point. Yeah, but this, this though, he's got to be careful with how he handles this because if he starts treating her bad or disses her, then she's going to reveal everything that happened on the date, right? Because she's got nothing to lose. And then it becomes an issue, too, of like, well, everyone deserves respect. It doesn't matter what they do for a living. Next It'll be looked know, at of, as him treating her like trash because of, of her. Jimmy Garoppolo grabbed a copy of Sports Illustrated with his own face on it and asked me to spank him. That's, that's exactly what this is going to turn into. It is going to be the sports, it's going to be the sports version of what took place 
with Stormy Daniels and Trump. I can see it. There's no way this ends besides that, and I can't wait. Because this kid's had it too easy. It's true. He he wins a ring, kind of tailgating behind Tom Brady. He's the golden child that everybody wanted to see in New England. No one's had an easier road Five to anything in New England. 5-0 in half season last year. Right. And he, well, he, yeah, the only loss. Or they had, had one loss, right? 5-1. Yeah, one. but he didn't start that one. He was hurt, remember? That's right. That's right. So he didn't even have to go through losing a game in New England. And then he goes to San Francisco. He hasn't lost yet. He's had it so easy. This is what he needs. He's saying, I thought I was better than Tom Brady the whole time I was there. Oh, yeah, well, didn't that get... I, I kind of missed that. Wasn't that kind of, like, taken out of... Ah, I mean, he said... It was a believing in your self-quote, but, you know, I always thought that I had the same, if not better, abilities than, than Tom when yeah, I was I in heard New Giselle England. thought the same thing. <laughs> All right, uh, when we come back, uh, before the top of the hour here, I, I do want to get to uh, Vance McDonald and what he had to say because he had some interesting comments about where things are going to go with the tight ends. And, and I've got some thoughts, too, about the diversification of the passing game now that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be elevated... And Martavis Bryant is gone. What does it mean for James Washington? We discuss when we come back. Tim Benson for Adam Crowley. Just because he graduated WVU doesn't mean he's educated. But he does know sports. It's Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. This is exclusive coverage of the 2018 Steelers training camp. Presented by Bud Light, famous among friends, and Spring Hill Suites Latrobe, where you can expect a legendary experience. And also brought to you by Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine and LECOM at Seton Hill. Window Nation. Visit us at windownation.com. And Excella Health. How can we help you today? Twins right. He steps up in the pocket, throws a great pass over the middle. That is Vance McDonald. He's inside the Cincy 40, inside the 35, and they tackle him at the 31-yard line. Iloka kept him from going any further. Vance McDonald tied in for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He spoke with the media today. Tim Benz with you here at St. Vincent College. First day of Steeler training camp, and... Let's hear from the Steelers' tight end, who's supposed to have a very elevated role this year in the offense. What did he have to say about how the tight end is going to be implemented under Randy Feetner? For the new uh, coordinator, what does that mean for the tight end? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think with the way Randy and Ben kind of operate with each other, it gives it gives us more freedom, uh, you know, indirectly. You know, it'll be fun to see because Randy gets... Randy gets really hyped up when he walks in our room. I'm not saying he's not like that with any other rooms, but he really... He really just has that passion to get the tight end involved. And, um, you know, over the course of the last, you know, decade even, just looking at the position, you know, there's tons of opportunities for mitts matches, especially when you have a great quarterback like Ben. So I hope you take advantage of it. Yeah, um, you know, it's more on our plate. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but even still, it's it, it allows you to be dynamic. It allows you to get 16 targets in a game at a position. You know, there's just one player. And so, yeah, it'll be fun. And so when he is getting that hyped up, when he's getting that excited about incorporating the tight end, what has been the message behind it? Is it because of the diversification of the offense that may come as a result, or is it trying to kind of take the workload off A.B. and Lev? What, what do you think is the biggest benefit from getting you guys involved? Yeah, I mean, it's a ton of variables, right? I mean, you know, a, a big one, you know, for sure. It's just keeping keeping A.B. healthy and going. You don't, you can't throw A.B., you know, 20 targets a game every single game of the season. I mean, it's just not realistic. Um, so that's a big part of it. But, I mean, even still, you spread the ball. You, you start wearing down defenses, and, and 
I mean, still, like if you have if you have five different targets to go to a, a or five different spots to go with a ball on a play every single time, and you can count on that as an offense, that's a huge that's a huge thing for as an offense. It gives you strength, power, gives you diversity. I mean, it, as a defense to be able to balance and maintain that kind of type of coverage and defending, it's it's a huge benefit. So that's a part of it. You know, in the past, you know, we come off a huge Heath Miller thing, and it's just. That, that position has never, ever really recovered since then. Not saying Jesse and X haven't done an amazing job and the guys before them, but it's just they're trying to get back to, you know what I mean, uh, the place in the, t- in the offense where they can give tight end the ball and develop that position more, and I hope that I can, I can help do that. Is that red zone too? For sure, absolutely. You know, in the past, red zone hasn't been a huge thing for us in our, in our room, and so when we were the biggest, biggest men on the team, biggest targets on the team typically, so we got to take advantage of our size. All right, so that's Vance McDonald, the tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, likely the starting tight end this year. We'll see how often he and Jesse James are on the field at the same time in two tight end looks. And, you know, a lot of that sounds good, and I think we've heard a lot of that before. And uh, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you, I, I don't really care where the passes get distributed to just so long as the production is good now that Martavis Bryant is gone, that the production improves, that the percentage of completion, the percentage of yards per attempt to whoever the next guy is that steps up in that targeted role that Martavis had a year ago. That's what I care about because, you know, I'll put it to you this way. So this thing that we did for the trip going into the start of training camp, it's was called seven, Stairway to Seven. And uh, it was basically seven guys in seven days that I wrote before the start of training camp that I thought would be X-Factors for the Steelers in 2018. Guys that, you know, I'm not talking about Ben, I'm not talking about A.B. or Lev Bell or the offensive line or Cam. We know about those guys. Those guys are all good, highly paid pro bowlers. I'm talking about the guys that really need to tilt their season to the good side as opposed to tilting the other way and regressing. Guys that could take 13-3 and and make it 9-7 and if they play bad. Guys that can take 13-3 and and turn it into a Super Bowl team if they play well. And you know, six of those seven question marks that I brought up were on defense. And we, we've talked about a couple of them already. One of them was Stephon Tewitt, another one was Joe Hayden, Artie Burns, Bud Dupree. All those guys made the cut. The only guy that I pointed to on offense was James Washington. And, you know, some people might think that if I'm going to pick a receiver, it would be Juju Smith-Schuster. And the point of the whole column was, though, I'm looking at variables. Guys who are going to have to have elevated roles or new positions of importance. Maybe a guy that needs to be better than what he was in 2017, or in this case for James Washington, as a rookie. And I'll be honest with you, I thought about putting more of a clickbaitish thing in there about writing about Juju, because anything involving Juju in the internet automatically becomes clickbait anyway. It's automatically viral, because it's Juju and the internet. But... I was trying to stay on point and focused on the purpose of the piece, and it's Washington who is more of a variable or an X-factor than Smith-Schuster is. Sure, the easy path to go down is to say that Juju needs to step up because Martavis Bryant is gone and he's going to have to have an increased role. That's the easy thing to say. Kind of, I guess. But wasn't Smith-Schuster, in essence, the second-best wide receiver a season ago? Anyway, I mean, if we're talking about what was missing from this team last year to get it better to this year, was it really a second wide receiver threat after Antonio Brown? Not in my opinion. I feel that Smith-Schuster accomplished that. Um, As a rookie, 
He was 83 yards short of 1,000. Only Detroit could boast a pair of players at the wide receiver position who had both 1,000 yards in receptions last year. That was Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. So the concern isn't about Smith-Schuster replacing Bryant. The concern is more about Washington replacing Bryant as a third option. And not only that, but also replacing Bryant as a deep threat and being better at it. And that, that's sort of the point of that exercise. It's specifically where Washington could make the Steelers better. First, can he at least match Bryant's output of 50 catches for 603 yards? And I say Washington can, and I say that Washington will. If he doesn't, the guess here is that it's because Roethlisberger will be using the tight ends more often, like Vance McDonald, like Jesse James and Randy Fittner's system, or he will have avoided the early season bugs that he encountered with Le'Veon Bell in the past game a year ago. So that's kind of where McDonald meshes here, and that's what I'm talking about, the productivity of how you make up for Bryant. It doesn't really matter where it comes from. It doesn't have to manifest in one guy. But if you're looking at 6.03 from Bryant, I think Washington can match that or even surpass that. I like him that much. But if he doesn't, if you can still get to 85 and 850 and you get that via a combination of McDonald and Washington and Bell being better in the past game over the first three weeks then that's just as good that's better the other element to this is can Washington be the deep target Bryant used to be before that deflating season he had of 2017 and again I think he can and I think he will Washington doesn't have the freakish combination of foot speed and size that Bryant possessed but especially in 2017 Bryant rarely put his total package of athletic gifts together with any measure of consistency to speak of and while being paired with Mason Rudolph and Stillwater Washington frequently used his strength and his route running to get himself open even if his 4.5 speed was a tick or two less than you know, the normal burners that tend to work outside the numbers. The Steelers drafted Washington because they love his ability to adjust on deep throws and win 50-50 battles for footballs in the air. Those are talents that Bryant didn't channel regularly. Basically, Washington plays bigger than what he is, whereas Bryant sometimes disappeared in combat situations down the field. Think of all those misfired deep balls between Ben Roethlisberger and Martavis Bryant last year. Like, if you say your third receiver gave you 50 and 603, that's not bad. But it was the deep shots, the sometimes, you know, third and threes that turned into Ben chucking it down the field because he wanted to hit Bryant deep. Or the first and tens where Ben threw it down the field and it turned into a misfire because Bryant didn't adjust in the ball or didn't fight for the ball or didn't or, or cut off the pattern too short or something like that. Those were big misses in the Steelers' offense last year. Sometimes it was Ben's fault, sometimes it was Bryant's fault. But I feel like Washington, because he's just inherently good at that skill, is going to make up for that and then some. That's why it's going to be easy for him to get to 50 and 603. Or even if he doesn't, if he just cashes in on the expended opportunities that Ben is trying on those downs, then it's worth it even if the raw productivity doesn't match. 
Because if he hits Washington, just as a, for instance, go back to that Chicago game. If he hits Washington on that first bomb downfield, even if it doesn't turn into a touchdown, they've gained 40 yards, they hold on to the ball, and maybe the next pass goes to Vance McDonald, and the pass after that goes to Lev Bell, and then you're on to something. It doesn't have to be all Washington making up for Martavis, but these three guys can work together hand in glove to exceed that level of productivity that they didn't have last year on those big misses to Bryant down the field. You know, not all of them, again, were on Martavis, but maybe a more determined, polished receiver like Washington makes those plays happen. Now, should that occur in 2018, look for the Steelers' offense to be in an even better position to overcome some of those defensive deficiencies we were fretting about earlier in the broadcast. All right, uh, coming up. A little bit later on here in the 6 o'clock hour, Chris Adamski is going to join me. He was down at the practice field for day one of Steelers training camp. Uh, might get back into some Pirates talk. Oh, we found we found the rest of that soundbite, didn't we? Right from Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, okay. Kiara Mir. We'll have the rest of that soundbite from Kiara coming up later on the show. We'll reset that for you. We, we didn't even scratch the surface about how excited. The, the dichotomy between her soundbite and his. We have to dive back into that whole thing uh, before we're done here. And uh, Stephen Ridley talking about taking the carries off of Le'Veon Bell's play while he's gone. We'll hear from him, too, in a one-on-one. Uh, James Conner certainly will be a part of that as well. Tim Benson for Adam Crowley here on your home for the Steelers.